Greetings, my fellow Freedom Love Sovereign Thinkers. Thank you for tuning in to LO3 Podcast. My name is Craig, transmitting from the beautiful realms of planet Earth, and today's date is Saturday, January 8th, 2022. This is episode 1469, What Makes Some People More Vulnerable to COVID-19 and Free Novak Djokovic. <laughs> I hope I pronounced his name correctly before I proceed. You can listen to me on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Deezer, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, JL Sabin, Anchor, Breaker, Podbean, Reason, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Hit that like button and share it everywhere. Plus, I'm on multiple social media sites. Just type in Loki Look number three or three eyes, which is Roman number three. In addition, you can follow me on Telegram. Just type in Looky Luck Roman Number Three Podcast. If you want to donate, go to PayPal.me or Cash.app forward slash Loki Luck Number Three. All right. So, no, without further ado, with some readers from the Epoch Times, and this one um, came out today, to be exact. It says here, "What makes some people more vulnerable to COVID-19?" This is written by. Dr. Joseph Mercola, which he's been harassed by the big tech giants, so please support his work and for, and beyond. So this is what it says here, the COVID Chronicles movie gives a concise look at the pandemic, answering some of the questions that have left many people scratching their heads because the reality and science don't seem to match up with what the media is reporting. Ivor Cummins is a biomechanical engineer with a background in medicine device engineering and leading teams in complex problem solving on his website thefatimperior.com he offers guidance on how to decode science and transform to transform your health he produced COVID chronicles along with donald o'neill a docu- documentary filmmaker in the field of health and human performance and now that continue there were red flags in the pandemic from the start because the symptoms of COVID-19 overlap with so many other diseases. The only way to know you have it is to test for it. The polymer chain reaction test or PCR test used for the COVID-19 uses use a powerful amplification process that makes them so sensitive that they can even detect the remains of a dead virus long after infection. Cummins explains, but even beyond that, every positive COVID-19 test is considered a case and therein lies a major problem. So let's talk about accuracy. And the, the person, even the person who invented this particular test says it doesn't work in this particular practice of uh, testing if you got COVID or not, all right? A positive test isn't the same as the case. Dr. Wolfgang Wardog, an internal medicine doctor and former head of health at the Council of Europe, is among those who referred to the COVID-19 pandemic as a test pandemic due to the PCR test. It was accepted by WHO, and they said, when the test is positive, we can have, we have a case of COVID-19. And this is how they started counting cases, Wardog says. What they counted was the activity of testing. And... The more they tested, the more cases they found. For, for when labs use excessive cycle thresholds, you end up with a grossly overestimated number of positive tests, tests leading to a case-demic and epidemic of false positives. 
Wardog says COVID-19 was a test pandemic. It was not a virus pandemic because PCR tests may give a positive result when it detects coronaviruses that have been around for 20 years. In COVID Chronicles, Cummins speaks with John Lee, a former, former clinical professor of pathology at Whole York Medicine School and consultant histopathologist at Rotherham General Hospital, who later became the Rotherham NHS Foundation Trust's Director of Cancer Services. He echoes Wardock's start stating that during the pandemic, every positive test is considered a case, but these are two completely different things. Normally, if you have a typical code, for instance, you only become a case if you're hospitalized. But this all changed what the pandemic Lee said. It says here, this is was his quote. In coronavirus, we've been counting on every single test positive, single positive test as a positive case. Now this is a scientifically and medically wrong. You can have a positive coronavirus test and be completely well. You can have a positive coronavirus test and be excreting minimal amounts of the virus. To conflate positive tests with the cases is simply wrong, and yet the positive cases have been driving government policy and the entire panoply of restrictive actions that may have that have been taken, unquote. Ah, so stuff we've been always asking, the same question for almost two years now, all right? July 13, 2021, who finally questioned the accuracy of the PCR testing? The film notes in the release and information notice that clarified instructions that interpreting results of PCR tests, including the fact that careful interpretation of weak positive results is needed. Reported cases, case rates collapsed in the U.S. the following day, COVID Chronicles points out. Lockdowns didn't work. Lockdowns can be effective if they're implemented when no one has the disease. But once it's already spreading in your population, they don't work. They don't work. During the COVID-19 pandemic, the lockdown was implemented far too late and caused much more harm than benefit. The film highlights COVID-19 outcomes around the globe, including in vastly different regions like densely populated um, Kahalistra in South Africa. It was originally assumed that COVID-19 would devastate the area. They were strictly locked down along with the rest of South Africa, but due to the dense population of lockdown in Kailisha, hopefully I pronounced that name correctly, only served to force people further right on top of one another. Because the area has a long history of battling diseases like HIV and tuberculosis, it was easy for officials to use data from the area which quickly showed that most, those most at risk from COVID-19 were elderly, frail, or suffering from other conditions, like type 2 diabetes. What surprised many, however, is that Kalisha fared much the same during the pandemic as everywhere else in South Africa. Further, as the second and third wave struck, those in Kalisha were much better protected, even as new variants emerged. It was later found that many as 68% of local residents had COVID-19 antibodies, as noted in COVID Chronicles. Here's what the quote says. 
as Delta cut its way across the world, and indeed South Africa, it was bigger here than any of the prior waves or the variants that we had seen. But in Kalisha, that 68% level of antibodies across the community proved to be extremely powerful and very, very protective against the new Delta variant. So while the UK was in complete disarray, here we had an informal settlement in an economically deprived region with a population of, of half a million outperforming the UK and many first world nations. They had not intended for COVID to spread throughout the community, but in doing so, they arrived at a point where herd immunity, if you like, had been reached, unquote. So, natural immunity. <laughs> Very interesting there, right? So something people always gotta think before you speak. Don't even follow the hype. But this is pretty damn cool, I think, when, um, when more of this information comes out. So, other communities also enjoyed high levels of COVID-19 antibodies in the community, including in India, the Orthodox Jewish community in London, and Amish communities in the U.S. So, when the virus was left to behave in a manner that would allow it to spread amongst the healthy, they were typically getting about two-thirds of the population displaying antibody levels. Mask mandates didn't work. Lock lockdowns, mask mandates are another pandemic control measures that been pushed that's been pushed as gospel despite a lack of effectiveness and evidence of harm. The Dan's, Dan's Mask 19 trial published November 18, 2020, the Annals of Internal Medicine found that among mask wearers, 1.8% or 42% ended up testing positive for SARS-CoV-2 compared to 2.1% 53 among controls. I've read that too about the dance mask. It is very informative. So folks, just you know, do your homework in these areas. You got the information, just verify and, and, and spread it out. When they removed the people who reported not adhering to the recommendations for use, the results remained the same. 1.8%, 40 people which suggest adherence makes no insignificant difference Initially, numerous research journals refused to publish the results which called widespread mask mandates into question. If mask worked, work, the film points out, you should immediately see a dramatic change in the curve within 14 days. If you look at around 10 or 12 countries where they brought in mask mandates, there was no impact on the curve whatsoever. So the empirical science of your own eyes is screaming at us. Masks and lockdowns don't really move to the needle much. Maybe a little, but no one wants to know. It's an ideology now, it is a religion, Cummins says. Dr. Reed Shefto also studied mask usage extensively and found mask mandates did not noticeably change the number of cases or deaths. <coughs> Excuse me. The way they should if they actually reduce transmission transmissibility. Countries that use minimal masks were not worse off than neighboring countries with mask mandates. That, that makes sense, Cummins says, because 40 years of science have been unanimous. Pretty much that for influenza viruses, surgical masks, and covering are highly ineffective. So, 
It agrees with the science, yet the media claims masks are effective based on the flurry of papers that came in around June 2020 saying masks could be good. So a few weeks of papers have overturned a few decades of scientific sense, he adds. If not for media, would you know there's a pandemic? The film implies that COVID-19 presented an opportunity that multiple entities have used their own agenda agendas, while media have served as a tool for overriding science and common sense. It's important to stay grounded and think critically to avoid falling victim to unnecessary panic and stress, Cummins note. Now, let's see, let's see what this quote has to say here. A key thing to remember, I think, is... If you turn off the media, no one would know there's an epidemic. Even during the surges in Ireland in both reasons, seasons, if you do not have access to the media, you would never know. No one really knew anyone who died outside of someone in a nursing home, someone of elevated age or with stage four cancer. But most, peop most people did not know anyone who died, right? Isn't that incredible in a massive pandemic, as we've been told? That's the question, unquote. There's plenty of references here. You can look for yourselves, my friends. I got to check this out, too. But one of the areas they've been using right out of the, out of the um, playbook from Edward Benet's propaganda, public relations. They want you to get that knee-jerk reaction. Certain buzzwords, people will freak out. Like, boom! You know? And there's plenty of examples. All you gotta do is pay attention. And there's folks, and there's individuals out there claiming to be experts because they don't listen to these bobbleheads or pundits or buffoons. And you try to give them some information, they want to blow it off. They don't want to comprehend. So they want to have that obtuseness. See, those parasites, the social media, the media and all that, the, the fear mongers, media whores, gaslighters want you to submit to the state. So you always got to think spiritually, physically, be physically, spiritually strong, remain vigilant on your health. There's plenty of natural resources you can use to counter this man made product. Yeah, it's synthetic, SARS-CoV-2. So I might have to look at these other areas as well, just get more clarification on these references, which is in the bottom of this page. That's pretty cool. And I'm very, you know, I'm still, I'm still learning everything too, my friends, and um, always got to stay on top of my game, the best of my ability, and share this stuff with you. So don't live in fear. Spread the love. All right, do one more here. There's a petition from LifeSiteNews.com. And um, this one actually came out yesterday, if I'm correct. Yeah, late yesterday. It says, free Novak Djokovic. Life petition surpasses 45,000 signatures in 24 hours. The Serbian, te Ser Serbian tennis star is being detained in Australia before one of the sports major tournaments because of his COVID vaccination exemption status. As it says here, um, tennis ace Novak Djokovic 
thank people around the world for their continued support, saying he can feel it and is greatly appreciated as the Serb languishes as an immigration detention hotel in Melbourne. A petition in support of the world's top-ranked men's tennis player who has previously expressed his opposition to vaccines garnered more than 45,000 signatures in 24 hours on life's life petitions, while numerous protests have been held in Serbia and Australia against the decision by the Australian Border Force, or they say ABF, to reject Dojanovic's medical exemption to the country's vaccination rules. In a saga with many twists, it now appears that leaked tennis Australia guidance given to players in December may be responsible for the fiasco, as tennis chiefs incorrectly advised players of the option of providing proof of recovery from COVID-19 in the last six months upon entry to Australia instead of proof of vaccination. Nine-time reigning Australian Open champion now awaits a court hearing on Monday to determine if the ABF decision will be upheld or overturned. Aside from thinking, thanking fans, aside from thanking fans from their ongoing support, Dojo Kovic, who wish Orthodox Christians a, a happy Christmas today, January 7th, which is the Three Kings, and what the Julian calendar and Orthodox believers designated as the day of Christ's birth. Very interesting. God's peace, Christ is born, happy Christmas. May God have irrigate and fulfill you all, he wrote on Instagram. The Serbian foreign ministry said, um, said earlier today that it's, people have a strong impression that Dojokovic is a victim of a political game against his will and that he was lured to travel to um, Australia in order to be humiliated. Novak Dojokovic is not a criminal, terrorist, or illegal immigrant, but he was treated that way by Australian authorities, which is causing understandable indignation of his fans and citizens of Serbia, a statement read. Serbian President Alexander Yusik said yesterday that he has spoken to Dojokovic and is in the process of intervening in the dispute. I've just finished my telephone conversation with Novak Dojovic, um, Vuksic posted on Instagram. I told our Novak that the whole, of, the whole of Serbia is with them and that our bodies are doing everything to see that the harassment of the world's best tennis player is brought to, the, to an end immediately. In line with all norms of international law, Serbia will fight for Novak, truth and justice. Novak is strong, as we all know. Australia's latest decision to detain female Czech player Renata Borakova in the same building as Dojovic, reportedly for the same reasons he added to the controversy as she had already taken a part in one warm-up event in Melbourne. Grand, the Grand Slam event at the Australian Open is taking place in Victoria, the state governed by Dave Daniel Andrews, one of the most committed proponents of COVID restrictions in the world. Meanwhile, it has come to light that Dojokovic gave a $25,000 in aid to Australian communities damaged by the fire in January 2020. This is what the tweet says. Yes, at Maria Sharapova, I would like to match your 25K donation to double the aid to send these to sent these communities. We stand by you. As a, a hashtag Australia. This is Novak Dojkovic on January 6, 2020. So what can you say about that? I think it's 
good because people are standing up. And um, he is just an example of the victims of tyranny. And we have to pursue it across the world, not just in Australia. Even these United States, Mexico, doesn't matter, Canada, wherever it comes to medical tyranny or apartheid, it has to be challenged. If this, if um, Dojokovic's case can spearhead it and things will go down the ripple effect for others, so be it. I do support free, free Novak Dojokovic. He is not a criminal. He is just an athlete who has his beliefs. Free thought they're trying to suppress and to the Orwellian scumbag in that particular government. Your time is coming when you least expect it. And don't cry if something happens to you. You will feel the effects of Ceausescu that happened in Australia over 30 years ago. Expect that. And anyone else that participates in this game of global stupidity. And all those folks out there that want to support forced vaccinations on people's throats, these people suffer. You should be complicit to that cause. You are part of the problem, not the solution. And that is my intake on it. I uh, thank everyone for listening. Plus, feel free to download and share us throughout your social media networks. If you have any questions, comments, you may something that's interesting you want to check out, whatever you do, please send your correspondence in the quorum. Furthermore, I'll leave the footnote of these articles on my uh, page. And if you want to contact me, you can hit me at lookylucknumber03 at protonmail.com. You want to donate, go to paypal.me or cash.app forward slash lookyluckmember3. If you want to support Epoch Times, LifeSite News, sign that petition, please. Doesn't matter where you're at, the more the merrier. Support these sites, donate, subscribe. That will be fantastic because we're here to put the truth out for you folks to the best of our abilities. Not get brainwashed. You make your own decisions. Plain and simple. Once again, thank you for your time. Plus, always remember that the maniac resistance is healthy for the soul and can liberate humanity. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Keep on spreading the love. And may your guardian spirits be with you.